On today's episode, we're going to talk about embalming. Dun, dun, dun. What we do, why it's there. History, the clinical side of it. We're going to delve deep into embalming and the, and also the processes that are evolved around embalming. Um, cosmetizing, casketing, uh, restorative art. We'll kind of talk about all of that on today's episode. Ba, 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 ba. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Dr. Nick, today we're going to talk about embalming. Woo! Let's do it. Let's talk about some embalming. Clip the microphone every time you do that, please. Well, you had to wake everybody up. We got to start with the history, right? We got to go back. <clears throat> so let's start with the original embalming, which, if if you really want to go um, textbook, right, it would be the Egyptians, right, with mummification, and how they did that. Um, they they meticulously would take out the organs. They put them in what they would call canopic jars. Uh, they would have special oils and wrappings, and because of the temperature and uh, where they were they would literally mummify the bodies. And that's why we still have um, mummies to, to this day. And if you think about, uh, you know, back then, that's, incre- that's an incredible feat, really. Well, and then also we talk about the cultural behind that is the Egyptians were really um, consumed and interested in what happened after life. So a lot of their culture was based around death. And Anubis. Uh, yep. And so their funerals were really elaborished. Elaborished? Yeah, didn't they uh, bury the cats with them? And well, especially like pharaohs. I mean, we 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 could talk about the pyramids, right? That was part of that, you know. um, But it was yeah, their their wealth. They would have like week week long things for these people. There were certain um, jobs put out by other people to be in charge so it was like the original funeral directors too because there was like um priests that were involved in you know making sure everybody knew that this person died and this when this was going to go on and kind of like the the newspaper you know read all about it yeah you know all their society was was based around um the idea of what happens after death. there was a nice like facebook event passed out through the uh it was interesting the because the, their culture was like we live to die. That's it, you know. And How um, is that? It, so yeah, we we went to the Egyptians and then we moved forward. We could talk about, um, we could talk about all the the Germanian. We could talk yeah, about all that stuff. But let's yeah. focus on the United so States. So then we go. So then so, so then the Civil War happens, right? And the, the uh, wealthier families wanted a way to bring back their boys, the, the sons. Uh, so Thomas Holmes started the what we would call the modern day embalming, and I think if if I'm mistaken, right? And please, I'm sure I'm going to get one or two things messed up here, so I apologize to all um, the historians when when it comes to funeral profession. Uh, but I th- I'm pretty sure he used arsenic um, was like the first main, uh, um, other than formaldehyde. Uh, it was very caustic. Uh, but the idea was to keep the uh, soldier so they could bring the soldier back home. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of um, uh, army people that were dying, you know, on the field, in the field of battle, or they were dying in the barracks, and they were brought back by train 
And the problem was that these trains would take weeks, maybe a week to two weeks for the, these bodies to make it back to their home. So the problem was obviously decomp. So mm-hmm. we didn't want to send our soldiers who were fighting this this big battle home and their family would be traumatized yeah, by the smell, by the, the looks of decomp. So we had to figure out a way to send these people back that their families could not only say, yep, this is this is Jim or this is John, but um, they could properly bury them, which I think is awesome. It was yeah, just yeah, an awesome feat for them. Well, and then talk about the trains, too. Um, when Lincoln, when Abraham Lincoln died, he was basically, like, put on a train and he would go around. They, they like, sent him around so people could see him, yep. you know, while he was going through. So, like, think, uh, like, th- that's just an incredible thing. Maybe, maybe when I die, Nick, you can... Ball me and put me on a train. You want to be on a train? Maybe I don't know. Well, what's the, what's the like the, the the Florida ones? They're not trains. They're um, what's the uh, uh, monorail? Put me on a <laughs> just in Florida. Put me on a in clear Disney monorail. World. That's the only monorail I know about. Why, why not? You just want to be taken around Disney World happiest, multiple happiest times. Place on Earth, big, big guy. Where do you Disney's. end at Epcot? No, oh, you end at the Haunted Mansion for sure. Well, so for magic. So magic, magic Kingdom. Kingdom. You start at the Magic Kingdom. You end okay. at the Magic Kingdom. All right. Fair enough. When you wish upon a star. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about embalming a little bit. So that that's a little bit of the history. Uh, the modern day embalming um, is where we literally take uh, embalming fluid, which is either formaldehyde or glutaraldehyde, uh, different carbon chain, and uh, we introduce that to the body while... Um, ben, you know, for the viewers out there, what is the difference between formaldehyde and glu-formaldehyde? Gluteraldehyde. Gluteraldehyde. Uh, it's a difference of a carbon chain, and that we can get we can get more into that. But that's like, like the okay. chemistry makeup of it. There's just it's just a different chemical. It's a different chemical. And for instance, do you notice a difference in that between them? Yes. Yeah. Uh, gluteraldehyde seems to take a little bit longer to work, but it it works. It seems to work longer. If that makes sense. So it's so it lasts longer, but it takes longer to to. To work, it's not as it's not as um, uh, harsh as formaldehyde is. Formaldehyde is kind of like the um, the a- the extra dose, right? Like that. Oh, we need to get this done, you know. Whereas like glutaraldehyde is like we got some time. We want to make sure this is, you know, <laughs> that's not the best. I get you. I get no, you. but honestly, it, it every embalmer is just like every other doctor, right? They have their own way. They have their own method. Mm-hmm. They use their own. There's tons of chemicals. There's different companies. Tools. Uh, it's, they're called instruments um, that you use. And it is literally, that's why we're trained. We medically are trained to know basically a little bit of pre-med so we know where all the arteries are, where, where the anatomy and fizz, how it all works, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and so that's that's basically we learn this in that, that that's basically half of what we learn in. So school. if you could if you could summarize it into a quick, um, just a quick educational note, what actually are you doing in embalming? So embalming, we are we are opening up two different vessels, an artery and a vein, and we're introducing the embalming fluid or whatever we're using into uh, the artery, and then we're releasing the blood and the toxins through the the vein. So we're replacing basically what we're doing is we're replacing the blood with chemicals, in a in a very roundabout yeah. I mean it's you're not obviously going to get rid of all the blood, um, but yes, that's the idea. Okay, 
that's the idea and it goes through obviously your 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 circulatory system um works very well and it goes through all the capillaries and the veins and all of that and and if you have a uh, good embalming it you you get you get a good uh disbursement of the uh, that's that's a good question. How do you know that you get a good disbursement? There's a lot of there's a lot of different ways embalmers have to to know a feel. You could feel you literally feel the body firm. Um, B color. So you're looking for a firm. That's that's a good. You're thing. looking for a firm. You're looking for color. You're looking for uh, distribution. There's certain things um, you'll see the actual like veins rise when you're uh, introducing the embalming fluid in. Um, <clears throat> Uh, like I said, color color is a huge thing. Um, d- there's there's a time thing too here to this too. It's not it's not just you know you introduce it, it bam that's it. You know this is something embalmers have to keep an eye on the whole time. Not only when they're embalming, but you know keep an eye on it after the f- after the fact to make sure that they really did get a good distribution. Sometimes. So when can can you give the viewers an average time we're talking about here? I would say a normal average embalming takes anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Um, sometimes that could be more, um, depending on uh, different circumstances. A, how long has the individual been deceased before you get to them? Uh, B, was there trauma? Was this an accident? Uh, was there uh, an autopsy done? Um, there's different ways to embalm in certain things, especially when it comes to trauma or I mean, an autopsy is, if you think about it clinically, is, an, is a trauma to the body. Uh, so you have to, we, we are trained to go into different veins and arteries and where certain places would be best if you have clots or if you have a circulatory shutdown on one side of the body compared to another, um, or you may not be getting the, um, the embalming process correctly to one leg or one arm. There's, there's ways that we can go around there. The main reason that we embalm, here's something interesting, Nick. The main reason we embalm is protection. It's to protect the living from the dead. Uh, we as uh, clinicians, professionals, in embal- as embalmers, we take an oath to protect the living. So one of the main reasons why we embalm is because when we die, we can still carry disease, right? We COVID is a perfect example right now. We're all in this still this, this COVID COVID world. COVID can be passed um, airborne uh, from a deceased. So our job as clinicians is to make sure that part of the embalming process is to kill the COVID virus. But it's also done to protect you guys too. Absolutely, as, to protect us while we uh, do what we do, and to, to 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 be able to have so the family has an opportunity to see their loved one. If 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 they so inclined to do do so. Once you embalm a completely embalm a body, can you actually get the Mo- virus most, or anything? Mo- like most bloodborne pathogens or viruses are killed through the embalming process. So no. If the embalming process, you said is most. There, what is there some that can? There's, I mean, there's there's some pathogens that have nothing to do with bloodborne or airborne, but they don't necessarily know how they're transmitted. Okay. So the ones that we know of, um, yes, can be are are killed with um, the embalming process. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's the main reason we do it. Obviously, there's the other one of uh, we want to make sure that we can keep the body. You know, that's that's I mean, uh, pre- preservation. Uh, obviously, that's another. Well, yeah, especially with families, you know, 
you know, back in the day, everybody lived in the, the same area. They they were born there. They died there. Nowadays, everybody's everywhere, right? Well, that's that's the case. You always have one son that's in the military. You have one daughter that's working out of California. She's in the you know the uh, uh, the marketing world. She's got uh, uh, she's got a cat. She's or that daughter that's in the military. Or the daughter that's in the military, and uh, she can't tell you where she's at at any point in time. But she needs to get back home. Or you just got the the wandering son. You know, they just he just. He doesn't want to be in one place at one time. He's a, he's a nomad. He he just he does what he does. Um, so yeah, you always have somebody that you need to fly home. So time is, um, it's not it's not like the old days where it was within two to three days you were having everything done. This is this could be a week, two weeks. So so let's average it for the viewers. For for you guys, what is like the normal? How long does it literally take from the time that you receive the death call? To the time that you're you're burying or you're cremating or, um, what's give us a a rough draft here. Well, there's there's two difference. If we're talking about a traditional funeral, pick up, embalm, meet the family, visitation, funeral, burial. Let's say that right. It's usually I'd say an average of five days, five to seven days. If you're talking a direct cremation or a direct burial, uh, pick up. You could be going to the crematory. Now, now with crema- or cremation, which is interesting and people don't know much about, a lot of the timing doesn't have anything to do with the funeral home. It has to do with the doctor. The doctor has to sign off, and then also the medical examiner of every uh, county has to sign off on every cremation. So, for instance, if Wait a minute. Are you saying that they have to sign off before the cremation can occur? Correct. Correct. So, if we're talking next Thursday... Right, because as we know, uh, the Grim Reaper doesn't always come on Monday. So uh, you're saying the death occurs on Thursday. Let's okay. say the death occurs on Thursday. You don't get that doc to sign on Friday. You might be waiting till Monday before that doctor gets back in to sign. So we basically, as a funeral, as the funeral director, you really can't do much until that's signed. Correct. Correct. So the so a lot. So what happens if the, if if the doctor is on vacation? Then it's, <laughs> it, that's that's a good question. For most doctors, they should have somebody on call to take care of anybody that they have. That's not always the um, the case. the case, and sometimes doctors do go on, you know, and, and some some of it's not their fault. Some of them they have a family emergency, right, and they take off. They don't have anybody planned, or maybe they had a death themselves. Could be, could be, but either way, sometimes that does cause times to glip. So a direct cremation usually probably. Um, because the pr- cremation itself, the process is about six to eight hours, right? So that's a day, if you think about it. So usually direct cremation could be three to four days average because by the time you get all the signatures, by the time you um, <clears throat> you get the uh, the individual to the crematory, the crematory you know, does the, 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 the cremation, and then you pick up the body, it could be four to five days. You know, that's a, that's a great question. I know that this episode is not about cremation, but... From your knowledge, how long does a cremation actually take? A legit cremation? It's what I just said. Average about five day turnaround, five to seven days. No, 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 no. I'm saying like uh, the the actual process of cremation. How long does that take? I think it's four to six hours, something okay. like that. Let so, uh, that. so let's get back to cre- or to embalming. Sorry, uh, apologize. So, to me, you know, being born and raised around a funeral home, there's more to embalming than actually just the procedure of embalming. 
right. what would you you know like when we talk about cos cosmetology and and preparing the body and, and making see embalming to me to to me in my experience is is the whole process of getting the body ready so you're, feet, yeah you're, right? you're you're taking into consideration restoration work and you're taking into consideration the actual casketing work right yeah, so speak, um, speak to that. So, yeah, so what I I wanted to first tell what embalming is, what the actual definition is, and what the actual process is. But, uh, Dr. Nick, you're absolutely right. Um, after you're done with the embalming, usually you wait. You want to have some time for the body, um, you know, to take, in the, to, to take in the fluids to be able. You're also going to want to make sure their hair, their hair looks right. Right. Yeah. So if you need a cosmetologist to come in, you have a cosmetologist to come in. If it's a gentleman's hair, you want to make sure their hair is parted to the right way, et cetera, et cetera. If they never had a beard and they were always clean shaven and the family wants them clean shaven, that's what you're doing. You're cleaning uh, fingernails, you're um, um, trimming fingernails if you need to. You're making sure all of us gentlemen, when we get to a certain age, we start growing hair on our ears for some reason and out of our nose. If it gets a little wild, why, you're is, it, why is it just the gentleman? <laughs> well, because la- ladies are l- ladies just don't they don't have that problem. They're just a, they're it just, just it just doesn't happen, that, right? That, this no. is like women don't fart. No, no, right? absolutely. But you, know, I, you, I can I can speak for a gentleman because I am a gentleman. Um, but uh, well, that's what they or say. Or the nostril hair, yeah, it just weird, wild, weird places, it's just wild. Um, so you got to make sure you take care of that. You want to make sure that you know when the family brings the clothes that that, that they're ironed and they look nice and there there's no noticeable Wait a minute. Are you saying they they don't pre-iron before they come no, in? No, sometimes they'll literally buy you a new shirt. And if anybody's any any um, person has ever pu- like pulled apart the new, it's annoying. You got like 18 pins you got to take out. The, the The shirt is like it looks like a so, bunch so of squares. I gotta ask this question: Do you iron or do you steam? Are you steamer or no? Iron? We're an iron. We got the old school iron. You got to go right back to the uh, right back to the beginning. Um, but uh, you also got ties, right? So sometimes they don't iron their ties. So their their ties have been or there's a lot of men out there that they don't know how to tie their ties. So they leave it knotted. Yep, and then it's and that then, full. Oh, it yeah, ruins the, the wrinkle. Tie. Ruins the, the, I know what you're talking note about. Note to self, anybody out there, please do not keep your ties tight. It doesn't take that long to learn how to tie a tie. It really doesn't. I think it's something every every person should learn, women or men. Wow, included. that's a little judgmental. I think it's I think it's a part of life. I think it's a part of you life. You got to know how to tie a tie. I think Just like tie. you got to tie your shoes. Tie your shoes. Tie your tie. Maybe there's a cool like maybe we can make our own like like uh, loop swoop. T- we can make our own TikTok where we do like a like a like a dance for the tie of the tie. How to teach people how are to you tie a tie? Si- are you a single Windsor or are you a double Windsor? <sighs> double Windsors do look good. Double Windsors are pretty cool because so if that's you pull a good it, it comes out. Do you double Windsor or single Windsor? Single You're Windsor through and through. Why? I don't know. Just that's how I've always been taught. What if that guy was a double Windsor? I'd have to learn. I, I honestly, this is a true Has story. Has anybody I ever asked, said that I've to you? I've never had to tie a bow tie, and I know it's going to come someday. I know somebody's going to give me a natural bow tie, and I don't know how to do it. So that's something a I natural know. Bow tie. A natural bow tie. <laughs> like towards the face. Well, you mean a clip-on? There's some <laughs> clip-ons. There's some zip-ons. <laughs> zip-ons and clip-ons. There's a zip-on? Okay, but going... Okay. Wait a minute. I don't even know about a zip-on. So What's a zip-on? there's ties that have a zip. There's a zip in the I'll back? I'll show you some zip-ons. Wow. All right. Anyways, beside the point... Um, let's go back to embalming. So when the embalming process, you're talking about restorative. You're talking about casketing. Um, that is makeup, part of Makeup, hair. Makeup. Yeah, makeup, makeup, hair. I think that you do got to take into that because a, tr- a true embalmer or a, tr- a true trade embalmer or somebody who spends most of his time, because some of us in the funeral profession spend all of our time in the embalming room. 
um, casketing, uh, uh, clothing, all that. And we make sure and we, t- we take a lot of honor to that. And, and that's something, too, Dr. Nick, you said about embalming. There's also the humanistic side of it. You are, you are dressing somebody. You are um, makeuping somebody. You are literally embalming somebody. You are well, that's, that's the dealing beauty about with Robert. That, You're that's, not dealing with... That's the beauty about some cultures, right? Is that, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Benny, but isn't like um, some religions and stuff like... They still have family come in and, and dress them. Yeah, there's there's um, uh, some traditional, um, and I'm not, I, I don't know them all, and I apologize if I don't talk about each one because I don't have the time. But uh, I'll just bring up the traditional uh, uh, Jewish family, right? They have like the Shevra Kaddish come in, and they they have um, uh, they 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 clothe the body. They have the 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 person sit out. There's somebody who sits sits in wake. While that's all being done, they well, have I was thinking the about seven like, days, where like they, the military, right? If, if oh, they yeah. die in in service, if they die in combat, um, they, they have a literal, um, what like they a call standing them? guard. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not called an entourage, but it's 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 one. They usually have one to two um, military uh, escorts, escorts that go. literally bring the person to the funeral home. They'll stay at the funeral home, um, and they make sure that that. Uh, uh, their their fallen comrade gets uh, the proper and um, honorable funeral. Which, by the serve. way, I have experienced too. And I'm not a funeral director, but being part of this funeral home, I, I have experienced. And what a beautiful thing! It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and we talked about it in that movie with uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, what's that movie called? Ooh. We, we anyways check back Last our other chances podcasts. or second chance. <laughs> check back our other podcast on movies. Right, movies and death. Is it movies and death? Yeah, I think so. Or but media and death. I don't know. One of those. You'll you'll be a bit. So I, I I think that basically gives a synopsis of embalming. Um, feel free if you have any questions about embalming, please uh, message us at uh, let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. Or if you want us to go more into one of specific areas, please let us know. Taking chance. That's that's what T- it was. Taking chance. Yeah. Um but uh, Dr. Nick, I think we have some uh, Q and A's. What do you think? Let's do it. Q&A, Q&A. We got to get that uh, Q and A. All right, Doctor Nick, I'll throw this one at you. See if you what you can do with this. All right. Why do we Give me embal- a challenge? Why do we embalm? Can you not interrupt me next time? Why do we embalm bodies? Why put all those harmful chemicals into our bodies when we die? Why not just let us naturally decompose and become part of the earth? Also, why are caskets so expensive? Why not bury bury us just straight into the ground so we can decompose faster? Okay, so. I'm going to answer this the best as I can as not a funeral director, but I did a lot of um, study on funeral directors. I did my dissertation on what is the experience of being a funeral director, and I'm born and raised around funeral directors. So here's my answer. Why do we put chemicals in the body, and why can't we just naturally just put you in the ground and let you decompose? Here's the problem, right? So nowadays, we always have to be worried about your body decomposing and how that's going to affect waterways because we still live in a community where a lot of people still get their water from wells which means that all this running underground water does collect somewhere right so the problem is is this realize today if we go back in time most people didn't didn't have pacemakers most people didn't have defibrillators in them didn't have 
all these natural or natural or unnatural chemicals in their bodies from medications, heart medications, all this stuff, right? So here's the problem. Actually, it was just interesting enough. I was just reading something that they took a sample of the Great Lakes and they found that, I forget the percentage, and I hate saying, I wish I knew the percentage off the top of my head, but there is a percentage of the Great Lakes that we're drinking or that, that, that we could be drinking if we we're in the Great Lakes drinking it um, that has heart medication in it. It's a very low, but it's there. So here's the question. The problem is if we put everybody just in the ground, like your backyard, your neighbor's backyard, right? And let's say you have a well that you're sharing the you know the neighbor who buried their person in the backyard and you're sharing a well. You are literally drinking some of their medication. Is that not scary? That's very scary. That's very scary. Well, I think this question is, is specifically why why not green burial, right? That's the idea. Why are we? Why not just literally put people in the ground, which is called green burial, and it is something to look into if 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 you are the person that asks this question out there. My my thing to you is, and Dr. Nick and I have explained this. Some people need the visitation, funeral, burial experience. Other people don't. So my, my thing to you is why do we put chemicals in the body? We do it specifically so we can safely give families uh, and honorably give families a chance to properly have a visitation or funeral and burial if they especially want over a amount of time, which is, is, is going to cause problems if we do not uh, embalm. So that I, that I think slowly kind of answers your question. Why are caskets so expensive? Uh, you know, honestly, this the caskets, they're still, the wood ones are mostly handmade. Uh, my question to you is if you went in your, you went in your, uh, you had your own like little, little um, wood, wood shop, shop and you made your own casket and sold it, what would you, what would you sell that? How, what do you, what, what price would you put on making a handmade casket not to mention right now and in, in at least where ben and i are wood is expensive lumber is super expensive right now super expensive but again again this is it's just like why do people spend a lot of money on cars you know are you going to spend more money on let's say a mercedes than you are a uh toyota it's, one is handmade one is not right so that it's a great question but there is some caskets that are still handmade, and that's important to some people. And absolutely. And the other thing about why not just put us in the ground, um, you know, make sure if, you know, if this if this was a hypo, 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 hypothetical, thank you, hypothetical question, like if you're putting just bodies in the ground, make sure you know how far to put them in the ground. Because if you're just burying them without properly knowing how far to go, you can have animals digging them up. You could have... Bernie be brought dragged into your yard, and you may not want that. Cats bring um, cat, cats bring. So yeah, yes. cats bring hey, mice to yeah. be like, look what I did. So and and Dr. Nick, you actually did it right. We don't have enough knowledge on what these cancer medications or how much you know because they're they're radioactive. Some of these. So if we're putting them in the ground, 
that eventually is going to I just somehow think, show up. Ben, between you and I, I always think of Aaron Brockovich, the movie. If you ever watched that movie, it's this idea of this water company that was doing chemical stuff and it was draining into people's like pools and stuff like that because they were pulling from the same water source. Yeah. That's a scary situation and it could cause a lot of other issues. But let's get to the next question, Ben. Um, best memorial website. Question about using online memorial websites. Are there differences between them? Is there anything you like slash dislike about them? Are there some that are better for sharing with the family and friends than others? That's the questions. Best memorial websites. I'm guessing this would be uh, like the website specifically that just grab um, obituaries and they just, they, 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 um, they put them so it's one place. Like uh, I, I'm just speaking of one. I'm, I'm not saying it's good, bad, indifferent. But like legacy, they like grab obituaries, so you can just type in the obituary and it'll send you to the paper that it was or to the funeral home or whatnot. How um, who? How did they get that? There's there's websites out there that specifically just grab, um, and that's their thing is to be able to like a one one stop. You could find any obituary when it was and how it was. Um, I don't think there's a best or anything like that. Um, but I guess that would be the question I have is what kind of memorial website are you talking about? Are you trying to see a website that helps you like answer questions about like th- certain things? Because um, I, c- I can speak like most associations like for Michigan. Michigan Funeral Directors have one association as well as the National Funeral Directors Association have websites. Let me, let me ask you. Let me, let, me, let me backtrack. The one that you know of. Can you leave like a condolence for that memorial? I think you can. Yeah, so you okay. can. You can go on these memorial websites and leave a, a condolence on them, um, or they might have you. You know, I'm, I'm not too. I'm not too familiar. If they they might send you to the website of the funeral home to okay. leave a online condolence, or like maybe the, the like the Monroe Evening News. Correct. Or I like think that. I think it links you to the original post. So I think from there you can. So yes, I, one way or another, yes. But I don't know if you can actually leave an online condolence on that, and then it gets sent to the gotcha. family. So I'm, I'm I'm not sure on that. I, I I don't think so. I think those websites specifically are just to find the obituary. Now the one that you're talking about, the one that you know of, is that like. Uh, nationwide is that like worldwide i mean how you know i'm not sure how far i don't know if it's I, i'm sure it's not global i'm sure it's somewhere in the states but it could be you know, region wise it could be uh, you know I, I i would assume it's statewide so I, I just thinking of like a random like you know you're you're, <laughs> you're growing older and you think of that that random like oh i went to high school with jimmy pete right and then you look online and you're like jimmy jimmy pete, pete. Right. And it's like, oh, legacy dot com, like Jimmy Pete and he died, blah, 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 blah. I guess that would be kind of cool. Right. Yeah, you no, could I, always I just kind of look up. Really cool. I don't know. I don't know if they keep a database of ones before. So if if before the website existed, I don't think you could find Jimmy Pete back. In you couldn't find the first 62. Jimmy Pete. Yeah. You'd have to find Jimmy Pete Jr. Oh, the third or Jimmy Pete the third. <laughs> They just skipped Junior. They just went right to the third. Sorry, um, Jimmy. Any Jimmy. But I think <laughs> I think the best memorial websites to me would be the ones that have the most information. So I would say go to the uh, like I said your your state your state association website or to the National Funeral Directors Association website, and they actually have um, uh, 
documentation on how to help you with things or groups to find or where to look. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I think those are better. Whereas the one I'm talking about, and yet again, I'm not saying any bad. Is just specifically to find an obituary. I think. So I think that I, I think he answered that, that one pretty good. I think so, Doctor Nick. Well, you know, if if you have any questions or thoughts on embalming or green burials or memorial websites. Don't forget to uh, write us an email. Or if you have any questions, like we love answering your questions, please, uh, you can email us at uh, letstalkaboutdeathpod at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with us, like us. If you have Apple and you're listening to us Review us. Give us that five star, baby. Five stars. I mean, seven stars if you can give it. And uh, talk to your friends about us. Share us. Like, put put this out. Like, we're, the more that you can do, the better we can do. So, Thank you for listening, and uh, I think that wraps her wraps her right up. Because if you ain't talking about death, you ain't living.